and often interesting to watch the mind at the beginning of these more formal instruction times. Just that attitude, okay, now I'm going to get down to business. And of course, it's not about judging what's arising in the mind or how the mind is relating. It's just about noticing the different intentions, the different motivations that show up in different parts of the day. Like when we walk into the room, our bedroom, where no one's looking, we can just notice that shift in attitude, shift in motivation as just the next thing being known. And the instructions we're offering this week are, as we've been saying, pretty simple. Learning how to invite relaxation in a useful, skillful way. as if to say to ourselves, just the right way, honey, it's okay to relax. Maybe the heart is safe enough to be curious and open, relaxed. And we're always studying cause and effect in a very naturalistic way. So when we do throughout the day invite relaxation, just noticing the effect. And that's how we get better at it. What way of inviting relaxation stabilizes the present moment awareness is helpful in that way. And curious now about awareness. Is the mind knowing? How do I know that the mind is knowing? Well, this is being known, this experience here and now. And we don't need a different experience that's being known.
and just on our own, getting a sense of the effort that's required to recognize that this experience is being known, to remember what's that effort And part of what the mind is going to be learning is how to refrain from overdoing, thinking that I have to direct my attention or focus in on something. But of course, many People here, we've been trained, we've practiced working with meditation anchors, meditation objects like the breath, the body, loving kindness phrases, opening to hearing. So these meditation habits, of course, are going to arise during the sits and throughout the day, and that doesn't have to be a problem. We just want to notice the tendency to go back to an anchor, and again, just notice the cause and effect quality of the attitude in the mind. Does the mind do it out of fear, out of controlling, a controlling impulse? Or is there some wisdom that understands that opening to the breath, for example, might be a useful way to Refresh the awareness, build some confidence in awareness. And after that refreshment, stabilizing, then just noticing the other objects that are present in the moment. Not needing to remain fixed with one object. but not afraid to use these familiar objects, being with the breath, being with the body, the sensations in the sitting body, walking body, being with hearing, These trainings we might have done in the past where we've used a more specific or exclusive meditation object can be a useful support in moments.
So we're inviting relaxation as needed. Noticing the effects of this invitation. We're learning to recognize present moment awareness. This is being known. This experience of the body, of the mind is being known. And we're learning to keep awareness in mind, this continuity. Curious about all the off-ramps mind takes into distraction, forgetfulness. Learning to be grateful when awareness returns. Not so much the awareness returns as much as it is wisdom remembers to recognize the awareness that's here. This capacity, ah, this is being known. This is just this experience being known or felt. It's like this, here and now. And we're remembering to check the attitude, to recognize the attitude of the mind or how the mind is relating to what's being known. That can also be recognized here and now. Maybe there's a little greed operating or a little aversion or a lot of aversion. dullness, or whatever it might be. But just recognizing that the attitude can also be recognized. Oh, it's like this. So the important thing is to keep learning, 
learning how to recognize awareness and how to keep it in mind. And even in all those moments we mess up, that's okay, because we'll learn what helps, what doesn't help. It takes this light touch, the effort is the effort of being interested in the present moment. And learning how to relax with this interest And to recognize, to borrow the Buddha's wisdom and to recognize that all that's being known is a natural process. It's just what it is, not more, not less. So let's continue now in silence.
continue to recognize the present moment, recognize the awareness of the present moment, even as we move. It's like this. And maybe I'll give a couple announcements and then with whatever time's left, see if there are any questions in the room. So uh, you probably have noticed, if not, check the bulletin board. We have uh, the schedule for small groups beginning today. If you're not listed for a meeting, a small group meeting today, then you will be tomorrow. And if, for whatever reason, your name got left off of the list with all the groups, uh, leave the office a note or leave us a note. And make sure any notes that you leave for the office or for whomever, make sure your first name, last initial is on the note. So um, many of you, most of you have been in these small groups before, and it's a really important piece of the retreat experience. And the idea is when we gather in that space with six or seven retreatants and a teacher, that uh, time for almost everyone to check in. Not so much about stuff from what was going on before the retreat, but in our practice of being aware, awake, what are we noticing? How is the mind relating to what's being noticed? So you could just choose, it doesn't have to be from a sitting period, but choose an experience that was interesting, where there was some learning, where there were some challenges. And just almost like blow by blow, just this arose, this was seen, this was experienced, the mind related in this way. It's also a time to clarify any of the instructions we've been giving. And even nuts and bolts about the retreat, how to use the retreat experience, not understanding some aspect of the retreat. So all of those experiences or questions, really useful. And in that context of six or seven people checking in, we learn quite a bit. It's really a generous thing to bring something forward if you're inclined in those small group meetings from your experience, because we all benefit both from what you say and then the teacher's response to the question or the the reflection that's shared. And that way we really keep the small groups focused on the practice. And then uh, another big thing that's happening today, um, I think both Alexis and Carol mentioned earlier on that we'd be opening up the schedule some. So we'll have a scheduled sit at 10 a.m., Susan will be here for that. But then starting in the afternoon, we're going to open up the schedule. And so you can come into the meditation hall at any time, and you can leave at any time, and you can do walking practice, and lying down practice, and sipping tea practice, and basically the whole afternoon, and really finding our own rhythm like I mentioned in the guided sit today, just observing cause and effect, what actually supports the continuity of present moment awareness and what actually supports distractedness and the mind tying itself up into knots, worrying about this, obsessing about that. So what actually helps? So we'll have a normal scheduled um, teacher reflection at 2.45 and Sousa leading the (coughs) mindful movement at 3.30. And then we're also going to cancel that, uh, the structured or the set 6.15 p.m. set. So you can still come in and sit at 6.15, but Tom, you don't need to ring the bell. Thanks for volunteering. But we just thought it would be nice to have a more open schedule. So, of course, there's the mealtime, evening mealtime. And then we'll gather here for the evening instructions at 7.30. And then one of us will always be here at 8.45 to be part of that evening sit 
which doesn't have an ending bell. So the idea you can probably hopefully sense is just really cultivating this independence on how we can keep the present moment in mind, learning from our own experience, and of course from the instructions and the sharings in the small group. Yeah, and I'll just mention too, because uh, that can be so different with people coming and going in the meditation hall while you're sitting, you know, meditating. And it can seem like, well, it's just not okay, that sound people make when they're getting up or they're coming in. But it's just the next thing being known. And the whole idea of this style of practice, right, where we don't have an exclusive object of awareness that that squeak or that sense of somebody moving is just as good as any other object. Oh yeah, this is being known. Uh, Ajahn Amaro has a nice article. You might be able to get it online. And I think part of the point he was making in the article, he's a British Buddhist monk and the abbot of Amaravati in England, an important monastery in our early Buddhist tradition. And, uh, but the, the title, at least part of the title, is just another thing in the forest. And it's a nice way to think, you know, whether it's some really poignant emotion that's moving through the heart or some outside external irritant, somebody moving, someone sneezing, whatever, or whatever it is. It's just another thing in the forest, just another thing arising and being known And if the mind has some attitude about that thing that's arising and being known, then that's just the next thing that's arising and being known. And there's a lot of freedom you can sense in not having expectations of what the mind should be knowing. And just let it be the next thing that is being known. And like I mentioned briefly in the sit, it's okay to For those of you who've used uh, meditation anchors, it's okay to rely on that training in moments, like to come back to the body. A lot of us have trained a lot just being present with the body. It's very useful to be able to come back to the body. Just as it's very useful if you have even a more specific anchor being with the rising and falling of the belly or the touching of the air at the nostrils when you're breathing in or breathing out or as I mentioned, hearing. But we're not uh, clinging to these meditation objects. We use them functionally, skillfully, while they're being used as like aware of breathing in, aware of breathing out. Wisdom is also interested in the motivation. What else is there? the mind holding to that because it's afraid of the more diversity of meditation objects, other experiences that are coming and going in the moment. And that's actually, a, in this style of practice, can be a useful barometer, you know, as the mind just notices more and more objects and notices it's not a problem that a lot of different things are being known. Now this, now that. And really seeing how that can build the continuity, build the momentum. Yeah, so time for maybe one or two questions that are coming up in your practice. Yeah, in the back of the room. Well, just in that naturalist, naturalistic sense, um, so he asked about a place in this style of practice for the Brahma Viharas, the divine abodes, or doing loving kindness practice. Um, because the heart will turn or uncover a very spontaneous, natural movement of metta. And then in this style of practice, awareness will be aware that that attitude is there in the mind. And it will be aware of the wholesomeness 
and functionality of that metta, that loving kindness. And sometimes when, when wisdom and awareness notices something that's really wholesome, like loving kindness or compassion, then that can be part of the supporting causes for it to further blossom. Not because the mind or some aspect of the mind wants it to continue, wants the metta, loving kindness to expand, because it's its nature at times to, in a sense, fill the space of the heart and mind and become boundless. And so it happens quite naturally in this style of practice. And uh, it might be just like you might use the breath. Wisdom, sometimes very good wisdom and sometimes something masquerading as wisdom might arise and say, oh, I should direct my attention to loving kindness. I should repeat this phrase in my mind. In terms of this practice, that's just the next thing in the forest. That's just the next thing being known. Thinking I should do loving kindness practices like this. Having the thought I should do loving kindness practices like this. It's not, this practice doesn't choose doesn't say, stop that, <laughs> you know, don't do that. It's not a controlling practice. Like if we want to learn, we have to let the mind and body, we have to let nature be nature and observe it. Then there's learning, there's deepening of insight. So just let these different attitudes, including ill will, <laughs> because when we see ill will, like judging myself for wanting to do metta practice <laughs> or something like that, you know, when we see that, we see how unhelpful the ill will is. And that just makes for a very natural dropping away of the ill will. Just like seeing the wholesomeness of metta leads to a natural blossoming of the metta, but not in a contrived or forced or even intentional way. But there's not an intention not to do it either, if that makes sense. Yeah, thanks for the good question. Uh, yes, please. Um, I have a, a strong habit of like, like trying to analyze things with thought. And when I sit and meditate, um, my you know, usual, you know, try to put that aside. And now with the kind of trying to bring the meditation to every moment, um, I've just noticed this kind of like, no, don't, don't analyze with thought um, like any other time. Uh, and I'm curious, my, my, my sense is you're going to say, like, it's okay, just analyze the thought and be aware of it. <laughs> uh, but I'm just curious if you have any, like, guidance about, you know, how can I have my analysis? <laughs> yeah. So you've, I don't know if you could hear that in the back, but the last piece was, when can I have my analysis? <laughs> when can I allow my analyzing mind to analyze? And because uh, a lot of us who trained in a more um, object-oriented meditation practice, you know, when we noticed the mind was analyzing, problem-solving, we knew that the instruction was just to come back to the meditation anchor, right? Come back to the breath, come back to the breath. And is, it, uh, is there a different instruction for in this style of practice? Well, when we notice the mind thinking, right, when there's enough stability of awareness not to immediately get identified with the thinking process, the content. If there's some space of wisdom there that understands thinking, analyzing, problem solving as being known, then right there in that openness and the wisdom that can operate in that openness, wisdom will understand if it's unhelpful. And understanding that it's unhelpful will lead to unnatural abandoning or putting down, but not so much you or me as the practitioner stopping it. But that does take some stability, some momentum in our practice. So if I, you know, if those of us up here just said, oh yeah, just let the thinking mind be the thinking mind, we, you know, we spend a lot of time problem solving and analyzing and wondering and fantasizing. So one thing you can do when you notice that more obsessive thing going on is just like certain questions can be dropped into the mind. 
even the question like, well, what else is being known now? Like if there's some suspicion that there's this unhelpful vortex of wanting to worry, wanting to plan, wanting to analyze, well, what else is being known? What else is here and now? And then we might use uh, like one of our old anchors to refresh awareness, just be with the body. Oh yeah, sitting is being known or walking is being known or lying down is being known, standing is being known or seeing, seeing is being known, hearing. So to use some of those less seductive arisings in the present moment to connect with, to sustain with, to refresh present moment awareness and to kind of help the mind remember how to be with experience without being fixed on it, without the greed, without the aversion, without the the delusion. Yeah, so it's, we don't want to, um, it sort of depends on how much momentum. When there's not much momentum, then just see what else is here and now in the present moment that the mind can be with, right? And to, to remember, oh, so here's awareness. And then that thinking might still be there, but now in the background more, and we can learn how that thinking is also just a natural process. So it becomes less and less seductive, less and less causing the mind to get identified and lost in the thought. And you'll be hearing more, you know, as we go on with the week, the three of us will be giving instructions about relating to thinking. Yeah, thanks. And we should probably end it here. Thanks for the good questions. Wishing everyone a good day of practice. Make sure to check again the bulletin board for your small group, whether it's today or tomorrow. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.